I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Are you serious? Hello, Marcus Bronzy here from How to Kill an Hour. We have got some great, fresh, juicy content coming for you in the next few weeks. But today's episode, this week actually, we'd like to deliver something that we've actually broadcast before. So this is a rebroadcasted episode featuring Chris Kamara. Now, Chris Kamara, he is a footballer, TV pundit and a personality to say the least. Um, And he's known for being a real fun, happy guy. When Fung Butcher and I had him in the studio, we obviously had to talk about, you know, his fun size of football, his Christmas album that he was dropping at the time because he's a really talented singer. But we also spoke about his experience as a young black footballer, one of the first black footballers to play football soccer in the UK. And it was a real interesting conversation from my point of view, and, and I presume Funks as well, to be talking to somebody who was on this earth before we were and what their experience was like and how things may have changed since then and what things haven't changed since then. This really helped to put things in perspective for me with regards to the Black Lives Matter movement and how much further we need to go for equality. But there's a story in there where he talks about a television show and just hearing about how the establishment supported racism openly back then um, really helped to put things in perspective with regards to how much further we need to go to get to equality and how the establishments around us and big media outlets need to make sure that they are leading with conversation that is not racist, to be simple. But I've said enough because I would like the show to do t- the talking for us. This is episode 336, Unbelievable Jeff, featuring Cami Chris Kamara. Hope you enjoy. Very nice to welcome Cami on the show. Hey, hey. it's great to meet you. Oh, couldn't be any better. Yeah? You're looking well? <laughs> for an old man, yes. <laughs> 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 well, let's just talk about what we're going to talk about today. It's inevitable that we're going to talk about football because I believe that's quite a bit of your life. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> but we're also here to talk about the Christmas album as well. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I listened to one of the tracks that you've released on Spotify on the way over. And Chris, you can actually sing, mate. <laughs> well, I don't think the record company would have spent all that money if I couldn't sing. <laughs> Even though the 22-piece big band sound fantastic, um, you do need somebody to front it. Yeah. What was it like being in a studio with that band? Because there's a, a video that's going around on the internet as well, showing some behind-the-scenes you record in the album. And awesome. Awesome it was, yeah. I was in awe when I first met them all. Uh, it was at Angel Studios in Islington. And uh, there's 22 of them there. And they play the Royal Albert Hall, the Prague Philharmonic, 
and all of a sudden there's six footballers turning up and standing in front of them. So I thought they'd think, you know, this is how low down we've come now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they were great. They were absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I didn't have any, because monitors and all that is, is new to me, in-ears. Uh, so I didn't have any in-ears in. So the conductor kept waving his stick towards me, but I didn't know when to go in because yeah. the music was so loud. It was so good, but it, and I was just enjoying it. And he said, you need to watch me, and I'll cue you in for when you need to sing. Okay. <laughs> so he's, he's trying to conduct you in with his hands, and you're just going, yeah, this yeah, is... Yeah, uh, yeah. It sounds this great. Is really <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my turn, it's my turn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this isn't your first foray into singing. I think you kind of let us know about your voice a, a little while back in terms of how you can sing, though, right? Uh, well, I've always liked to sing a little bit, and, uh, you know, there's singing and there's singing. The singing with a 22-piece big man yeah. and having a proper record company produce it. Yeah. And there's normal singing like I do in my bar in Tenerife. <laughs> 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 After adding, a, you know, 10 or 12 pints. Oh, no, I wish I could anymore. Um, the, the, my, the belly audience my belly won't hold it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the audience, they're a bit more forgiving, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They've so, also had 10 or 12 so, pints. Yeah, so, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you listen back the next day and it's like some old crow. Where yeah. was that come from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to ten though, in terms of like stage fright, you you were in in front of like a twenty two piece band. How is that compared to like being in playing in front of thousands of people when you're when you was playing football? Or even being on TV. Yeah. How, well, how, how was the nerves? It was nervous. I never get nervous. You know, the, since um, going into TV, mm -hmm. all this has been a bonus for me. So going into TV, uh, working for Sky, working on Ninja Warrior for ITV, doing all, yeah. the, doing all the shows, you know, Catchphrase, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Tipping Point, um, acting on Emmerdale, not a problem. But standing in front of those 22 and thinking, oh, God, please, hopefully they like the sound of my voice. Because if they don't, I'm sure they're all going to get up and walk out. And say, <laughs> you, you, you've wasted our time here. Yeah. So it really was. It was a bit, the heart yeah. was pumping. for, an, And to be honest, I got a kick out of that. Yeah. Yeah, because I haven't had that for a while, you know, because you take things for granted when you can naturally do them. So yeah. When, yeah. when you're nervous... Um, it's all like, it's a, it's a feeling that you've not had for a while. It's mm. like, you know, when you get upset about something and you, and, you, and you can't stop yourself getting upset because, you know, you know, it affects you really badly. Whereas the nerves thing, you know, maybe that was the, probably the little shot up the arm that I needed yeah. to stand in front of them and make sure I could perform. Was it like being on trial at a club? Like, <laughs> yeah, you've got to impress yeah. the manager? Yeah, yeah. Or, I thought you yeah. meant like in court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah so I waited till, till the break and we had a cup of tea and then so I like went round to them and 50% of the band there was men and women I would say there was 15, 16 men and the rest were, were women in the band and thinking that they were upper class and that they'd all talk with a silver spoon in yeah, there. Oh, yeah. They, oh, yeah, they were yeah. exactly the same as us. Yeah, yeah They were just yeah. proper people who were great. Most of them were football fans. Wicked. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so we ended up chatting in the break, and they were saying, oh, it sounds great, sounds great. 
And I'm going, can you, are you sure you can hear me? <laughs> <laughs> and they were going, no, it really sounds great. And it's, we're so pleased that we've got you on board. And hopefully, we've booked the um, Royal Albert Hall for November 2020. Oof. Wow. To do, to do the Christmas songs there. But that all depends on how well the album does this Christmas. Well, I was going to talk about the, the theme of the album, but you kind of just gave it away there. So it's a festive album, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's all the classics, Let It Snow, uh, Santa Baby. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Um, Frosty the Snowman. Hey. All those types. <laughs> Rudolph. <Hey. laughs> yes. Yeah, all those types of songs. And one brand new song called Here's to Christmas. Here's to the season, happy holiday. And that is penned by yourself, right? No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. It's a fella called Richard Scott yeah. who works for, who works with, sort of like, um, uh, well, he's done stuff for Michael Bublé, but normally does writing for Robbie Williams. So, right, okay. So right. He, he's penned this Christmas song. Because I thought the nine covers, everybody knows them but not probably heard them with a swing band. So that's fine. That takes care of itself. Yeah. What would the standalone song, what would it be like? Will it fit in with all the others? And it is such a catchy, wonderful tune. It's brilliant. Wicked, wicked. And, and how would you describe your sound to those who haven't heard you singing, who haven't seen the preview? It's hard to describe yourself. The only thing I could say, I've had... It's Cammy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Cammy. But a lot of people saying it sounds a bit buble-ish or... You know, and, and and other people are saying this. I have to say, not me or Frank Sinatra-ish. Hey, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. yeah. It's a, a little bit like when you go over to the park and say, well, who'd, who'd you play like? Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, a bit yeah, like Zidane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gone right to the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, Christmas album and, and the release date? It's on the 15th of November. Perfect time is so, Christmas. Yeah, which is great. And yeah. uh, you can download it on all these Spotify, <laughs> Amazon. Did you, say, yeah. did you say Spotify? Spotify. There you go. It's a new one. Camison. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Um, so uh, we're hopeful. Yeah. We're hopeful. You know, a lot of competition at Christmas. Yeah, man. Mm. Uh, George Michael. God rest his soul. Yeah, is bringing out some unrecorded songs, so that's competition. Robbie Williams has done a lot of covers with other people. Um, I heard one the other day; it was a Slade track, and I'm not sure that's the type of song that you should cover because that's a Christmas classic. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, you know. I believe that some sh things should be untouched. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And of um, course, there's the, the Christmas high priestess Mariah Carey. She's oh, always, yeah. she's yeah, always yeah. lurking around Christmas. She's never but, going away, mate. She's <laughs> no, never going every Christmas. She's, she's never back. had a, uh, a number one in the UK. Really? So that's why she's doing her best to change that. Really? Okay. But every year at Christmas time, she must drop back into the charts. Like yeah, that yeah. song yeah. must drop in yeah. every single year. Yeah. Well, they wow. all earn a fortune, don't they? Noddy Older says it's yeah. his pension every year. There you go. Christmas. Mm. So. Good shout, Cammy. Joining the Christmas gang yeah, then, getting that Christmas change. Yeah, Christmas every year. <laughs> yeah. I did MTV yesterday, and they put it on the Christmas playlist nice. already, and that'll be forever and a day. So awesome. Let It Snow is on there. Not Here's to Christmas, but Let It Snow. I'm working on Here's to Christmas to get yeah. it on there. And you've had some spins on radio as well. I think Moyle's dropped a track, didn't he, recently? Yeah, first one to play the... Um, 
the track on the, the um, 5th of November, was it? Uh, Wednesday, sorry, the 6th of November. Yeah. Mosley, they don't play Christmas songs on Radio X, but he's me mate, Mosley. And so I said, look, you can have first dibs at this. And he said, well, let's have a listen first. And he went, wow, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. He went, yeah, I'll play it. Yeah. And he gave it the biggest plug ever. It was Wicked. brilliant. That's brilliant. what you want then. That's what you want. So with regards to singing, were you... Have you always been someone who's been singing in the changing rooms and you're just playing footy at home? It's hard to sing in the changing room because the lads batty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely batty, you know what it's like. Oh. Yeah. So um, the banter going around would just destroy you, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. But I did sing in front of uh, my teammates. I signed for Leeds in January 1990 on the Monday. And uh, it was the first week in January. And on the Tuesday, Howard Wilkinson said, you'll train with the boys for the first time on Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. and then Tuesday afternoon we'll fly to Dublin. We've got a friendly against Shelbourne uh, in Dul- Dublin, and then uh, on the Wednesday, fly back Thursday, and then a training Friday and a match on Saturday. Great, no worries. So we flew to Dublin. Um, we, he took us to this restaurant. So there was a pianist in the restaurant. So... Halfway through dinner, I went to the loo, came back to the loo. I said to the penis, can you play your song, Elton John? And he said, yeah, can you sing it? I said, well, that's debatable, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll give it a go. And uh, he played your song, and I stood up in front of my teammates who I hadn't really met, Vinnie Jones, Mervyn Dame, Mel Sterland, um, Chrissy Fairclough, Lee Chapman, Gordon Strachan, as I said, um, Rod Wallace, all those players and sang your song, got a big round of applause, and Gordon Strachan stood up and said, that's our shy new shine in there. Yes! (laughs) Great. So that's the only time I remember singing in front of the lads. I mean, that definitely must have taken some balls singing in front of Vinnie Jones trying to melt that heart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Vinnie wanted to get up, but the geese didn't play play madness and stuff like that. <laughs> if you yeah. had to construct like a barbershop quartet made up of players, who would you have in your Ooh. your little crew? Well, Lionel Messi's always got to get into <laughs> anyone. Can you sing, Lionel? That is a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if you had a proper bassy singing voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have a yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who would I have? Obviously, Jeff Stelling, who I'd, you know, is mm. my big pal. It'd be, it'd be lovely to get him on, on board. So, Soccer Saturday, lads, and my new team, you know, when you strike friendships throughout the years in all the teams that I've played for, Mm -hmm. uh, and I had nine clubs, 12 moves, nine clubs. I signed for Portsmouth on two separate occasions, signed for Sheffield United on two separate occasions, and signed for Swindon on two separate occasions. I'll be honest with you, all those clubs signed me again because they couldn't believe how bad I was the first time. (laughs) (laughs) So so, uh, you strike up a great friendship with teammates, but then when you finish playing, it's gone. You know what I mean? You you hardly keep in touch with anybody. So the new teammates to the Soccer Saturday mob. So yeah, so it'd be nice to have Tomo, uh, Charlie Nicholas and Merce and Jeff has been back in band. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you love about Christmas the most then? Because this is going to be a thing that you're going to have to talk about loads. Christmas is now going to be associated with Cammy now, if all yeah. goes to plan. I've hated Christmas for a long, long time. <laughs> not, not for the reasons that people might think. I've hated Christmas because I was born on Christmas Day. 
Really? Mm. Yeah. Wow. So from the age for, I can remember, we didn't have a lot of money in our household. So to get one present on Christmas Day was a bonus, never mind two for my birthday. So it was pretty much overlooked mm -hmm. as I was growing up. And then when I became a professional footballer at 16, we always played on Boxing Day. So I never ever had a drink on Christmas Day. And then, obviously, you play on the 28th, and then you play New Year's Day, so you've got to look after yourself. So I did that. I played for 22 years. So it wasn't until I was 39 that I actually had a good drink on my yeah. birthday. So you can have a rest, I yeah. was yeah. pretty much a miserable, you know. <laughs> apart from, obviously, when my two young kids were born, then it's a different type of Christmas mm -hmm. with them. So that's how much Christmas meant to me then. But... um Strange now. I've made up for it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't feel too sorry for me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Christmas now means family. We've got grandkids. Um, we've got um, my oldest son's got uh, a wife, so her family come around as well on Christmas Day. So there'll be about 16 or 17 of us on Christmas Day. Nice. And it would be nice to celebrate Christmas number one. No, oh, yeah, that'd be a big one. Who's, who's getting busy in the kitchen, though, before you celebrate this Christmas number um, one? Yeah. Well, my two sons love cooking. Oh, that's all right, yeah. Yeah, my wife's a great cook. So, um, Buster Sprouts man? Are you a Buster Sprouts man? Nah. Well, I, I like them, yeah, yeah. No, but I won't cook them. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you like Buster no, Sprouts? I can't stand them. It's, it's, a, it's a real Marmite thing, isn't it? Because I think, I think they taste like, yeah. and look, smell like farts. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely as. They're like Marmite, isn't yeah. it? If you like it, you don't. Yeah, it's yeah, one of those yeah, ones, yeah. yeah. But yeah. My mum will like cook hundreds <laughs> of them and be like, oh, yeah, more for me. Love them. Yeah. So you love them then? Yeah, I, I love them, but you never eat them any other time apart from Christmas Day, do you? Yeah, well, I'd, yeah. yeah. They yeah. only come out for Christmas Day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, then you can man the bottle of brandy then at Christmas time. I'm the you drinks man. There you go. I'm the drinks man. I provide everybody who comes into our house because we have open house from, we finish up lunch about two. And then about six o'clock, everybody comes around, uh, evening, friends, as well as family, and we have a bit of a shindig now. So Nice. Mm. Shake a leg as well as singing? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, man. Old man style. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Proper dad dancing, <laughs> yeah? Proper dad dancing. Uh, yeah, you've got to bring that out. Um, so this show's called How to Kill an Hour, uh, Cammy. So we like to ask each of our guests how they like to kill time. Now, you're a busy man at the moment, but mm -hmm. how do you like to kill time when you get that little bit of downtime? Uh, I live on a farm. So okay. I have animals that I can look after. Um, I spend loads of time with the horses, uh, a little bit of time with the sheep, a um, little bit of time with the chickens. Um, we've got a cat as well. So, yeah, that's my release. My wife knows if I go missing for an hour or two, she can find me down at the stable. Oh, wicked. Do you ride yeah. the horses? We used to once yeah. upon a time, but I've lost my bottle now. That all the horses are pets. Yeah, fair enough. Fair Can enough. we expect like an old McDonald kind of theme yeah, album? Like, yeah, 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 I can see it. A kids' yeah. Christmas album. A kids' Christmas album. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first. One. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, CBBs, are you listening? There we go. Hey, <laughs> why not? In the night garden, yeah, cool. Um, so, <clears throat> you don't ride the horses. Do you eat the sheep? Or do you just look at him? No, don't be daft. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> okay. Or pescatarian, I should say. But okay. my wife hates me saying that. Okay. Because <laughs> she still eats meat. But she doesn't eat, eat meat at home anymore. Okay. Right. But if we go out to a restaurant, she'll have a burger or a steak or some chicken or whatever. Fair enough. 
but uh, she doesn't eat meat at home. And I don't, I'm not stopping her. Yes. Yeah. You know, sheep have got character, and that that's what turned me off eating meat. That sheep can actually you can actually call them and they'll eat out of your hand. Mm. And anything that's got that type of character, and I know pigs have. I'm not so sure about cows, but they must have. So I thought, like, that's it. Really? But, but talk, to me, talk to me, Cameron, because I've been trying for so long and it's just, it's hard to break that relationship with that juicy <laughs> burger. <laughs> so how long have you been a, 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 is it pescatarian for? Yeah, two and a, two and a bit years. Okay. Yeah, well, not TV. long, yeah. not long, but I don't miss it. Okay. It actually opens your palate because there's stuff that you, you open a menu, don't you, in a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your eyes go straight to the steak, burger, yeah. or the fish and chips. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Nothing else. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I look, look at the menu and see what they've got, vegetarian and the, Try the dishes, and some of them are absolutely fantastic. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And you know, I love Indian food. I could eat Indian food breakfast, lunch, yeah. and yeah. dinner. Mm. Um, so vegetable biryani, vindaloo mm. hot. Oh yeah! Now Although we're talking. I've had to stop having vindaloo hot. My um, voice coach says it burns your esophagus. <laughs> so while I'm singing, I've got to stop that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, Cammy's rider, no more Vindaloo, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. What about eggs out of the chicken? I'm just going to go through all the animals. What about chickens? Do you have a few eggs off them then? That's all right. Uh, yeah, we can right. eat the chickens, yeah. Right. My son's vegan, actually, but oh, wow. the one thing that he will eat is his own chickens. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> not his own chickens. <laughs> Technically, that's not. It'd kill me if I said that. <laughs> you imagine, yeah, I'm a vegan, but I eat my own chicken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And the cats, I can't, well, there's nothing you can really do with those. Just pet them. You can't eat those yeah. or melt those or no. have their whatever. No. We've got right, a talking enough. cat, Izzy. Wait, her hey? name is, yeah. She. She tells you what she wants, when she wants to go out, when she wants something to eat. She has a different. Um, sounds, like, sounds like a Disney character. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what meow? What meow? What meow was that? Then? What uh, was that one? That meow was the hungry meow. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's like a what's the let me out meow then? Uh, let me out is is constant. Meow 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 meow. <laughs> it's like <laughs> let you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's brilliant. That's it wicked. is so good. <laughs> Cats are clever though. I always, you, I always look at a cat in the eyes, and I think there's a lot going on behind those yeah, eyes. Yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah, they're very wise. They're very yeah. wise. It's the way they play with mice. Oh, like I said, we live on we live on a farm, yeah. so she'll often bring them in, and she's carrying them sort of like a hundred yards, and they'll come in, and the, there's no harm to them whatsoever until she decides that. You know, yeah. to bring, pest, the, pest control. To, to bring yeah. down the chop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're, so your cat's a vegan, but it only eats its own rats. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I saw you getting quite um, emotional about something that happened in football the other day. I'm going to say three letters to you, Cami. V A R. It's it's causing a bit of a, 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 a it's causing a lot of conversation across barber shops, yeah. football stadiums across the land, yeah. and um, you were quite upset with a VAR decision the other day. Weren't I you? was on a really, scale of really one upset. to ten. How much do you hate it? Sizzling. I don't hate it. Yeah. I just think it's been run wrongly. Okay. Yeah. So what's, what's going on there? Like, yeah, do you want to talk us through that? Because well, that was interesting. The, the the initial thing when I I went to Stockley Park in the summer um, because they treated all the pundits and commentators to a preview right. of how it was going to be. And the 
demonstration that it put on was perfect. It was okay. really, really yeah. good. But you knew straight away that it was going to be carnage mm-hmm. once they started. Because they're using VAR in a different way that, that uh, they're using it in Europe. In Europe, the referee goes over to the monitor, he has a look, and then they make the decision. We saw it in the Euros. Um, it does waste a little bit more time, yeah. but at least then the referee knows what the score is. And they're explaining to him along the way on what they're going to do, why they've made that decision. A lot have not helped the referees when they needed to be helped. When they didn't need any help, they've interfered. So they've made it virtually impossible. And the decision I got upset about was because the line on when it was Firmino was given offside against Aston Villa, Mm -hmm. the line from the VAR was not straight. It yeah. was not straight, so <laughs> somebody doctored it yeah. to make him offside. Yeah. You know, just because they'd made the decision to disallow the goal, they had to justify it by making the line out of line. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I got upset, yeah, yeah. because the one thing that I got told off about was there's no such thing as, well, he's only just offside. He's either offside or he's onside. Okay, so that's fine. If that's the way you want to play it, well, Firmino was onside, but you made him offside. That was Mm. my opinion. I think it's almost as controversial as Sterling's one at the the, the beginning of the season with his armpit or something like that. Was it? Is it that game? Yeah, well, that was the one that was called as the armpit. Yeah. So it's just been the way they've implemented it has been so poor, so poor. They they had the bar really low now the bar's so high it's they don't know what they're doing they really haven't got a clue they need to scrap it I think take it away from this season and then start again next and how do we make sure we do it right how do we do it right next season then well I think they do it right I think they need a football person with them you know the referees know the laws of the game yep Quite a lot of them don't know the game itself because they've not played the game or they've played it at an amateur level and they're not quite sure about certain situations. So right. let's implement somebody in there with them. There's loads of ex-footballers who'd love to go and help them. Just run it by them. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that they have to take their opinion, but run a decision by them. How would you, how would you go with that decision? Would you go for it or against it? And he'd probably give his opinion. Yeah, for it. No, don't go for it. Then it gives them a, something to think about. But at the moment, you've got referees, refereeing referees. Yeah. And they're frightened to go against their immediate decision. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to use a machine to do something like that, I think it has to be right 100% of the time. Without a doubt. Because referees, I understand they're humans. Sometimes their line of sight might oh, be without a doubt. things happen. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? There's times when decisions have gone my way. Yeah. There's times when decisions have gone my opposition team's way. Cool. But yeah. if they do it with tech, I feel like there needs to be no room for mistakes. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, are we getting to a stage now? Do you feel like, I mean, this is a tech podcast, but do you feel that tech is actually spoiling football? Too much technology in it? Is, is it taking the, the, the human error aspect out of the game, which is... Not the, necessarily. The f- not If it's done right, if it's done right, then there shouldn't be too much of a problem. The problem that we've got is not done right. And I also feel for the referees. I understand, you know, when you say something, it affects on referees. But I have to say we're all accountable for what we do, mm-hmm. for what we do, for what we say, for how we act, especially when the media is... is Mm-hmm. The you know the cast is on you. Um, you have to be uh, 
100% right or committed to whatever you do. And referees, I do understand they are under pressure. And you wouldn't, if you saw, if I see a referee t- today and, and he's in a cafe or in a bar, I'll go and have a drink with him, I'll go and have a sit down and have a chat with him. But when you're dealing with professional sport, you have to give your opinion, you have to be correct on that. Mm. And sometimes, you know, pe- people do go over the top. There's no yeah. doubt about that. People do go over the top. They've got to remember that these people, even though they're making mistakes, are hopefully not doing it deliberately. And that's mm. why I was so upset about the Firmino thing because I thought that was deliberate. How about the situation or scenario would it be if we had a completely digitized referee where it's, everything is either black or white? So you actually don't have a any human element in the decision making on the pitch is that is that too far yeah that's impossible virtual reality in football no no i'm afraid that that that'll never happen uh you can do your computer games on that but no. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in live football <laughs> and that computer game ref is sometimes an arsehole as well <laughs> that was not a red card yeah. of a little fifa yeah yeah i swear sometimes they've got infamy yeah Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I mean, you made an important point, actually, about people being responsible for their actions. And there's been uh, racism football has been something that's been a conversation that's been had Mm. over the years. And I think it's kind of not coming to a head now, but it's been something that's been higher profile this season. As as a young black footballer who kind of, you know, you're playing across the 80s and the 90s. How is it kind of watching how things have changed recently? I mean, is, is there a marked improvement as uh, compared to how things were for you back in the day and now? Oh, yes. You know, it was a nightmare when I was growing up. It, uh, an absolute nightmare. I was the second black player to play for Portsmouth, the first black player to play for Brentford, and the first black player to play for Swindon. So you can imagine growing up, um, I made my debut. <gasps> it's going to sound awful, isn't it? In 74, 75 season when I was 16 year old. So back then I played for Portsmouth who had a national front element in the crowd. Not, not a massive national front element, but there was about two or three hundred and make themselves known. 
So not only do, would they boo me off when I was crap, they'd boo me onto the pitch in the first place. You know, so that was, for something that throughout the years that I've accepted, you know, you've accepted that, yeah, that, that was just then and this is now. All of a sudden, I'm starting to think, why did I accept all that? You know, why, why was there nobody around? Why was there no teammates around? Why was there no managers around? And that is the biggest thing why myself, John Barnes, Viv Anderson, Luther Blissett, um, Howard Gale, who used to play for Liverpool, and black players from that ilk, Brendan Batson, do not want players walking off the pitch at this moment in time. No way. We fought so hard and worked so hard through all that strife for now for for you know for people to say they need to walk off the pitch no they don't they need to stay on the pitch and defy the racists mm -hmm. in the same way England did in Bulgaria if England had gone off that pitch then copycat after copycat after copycat would be would follow England around because people would think we can get these games cancelled we can get ourselves heard uh all these Nazis, Nazis would be heard all over the place. Yeah, we got that game stopped. We got that game stopped. In Italy, it's an absolute shocker. Balotelli, the other day, was about to walk off the pitch and his teammates convinced him to stay on. He stayed on the pitch and he scored. That was the win. That mm -hmm. was the win. Mm -hmm. They lost out. Get them out of the stadium and keep the players on the pitch. That has got to be the motto. Just to put it into perspective for a lot of the younger listeners, what was the support network for <laughs> when you... Honestly, there was programmes on the telly called Alf Garnet and Love Thy Neighbour. Yeah, and okay. The yeah. N-word was used constantly. Playing against a nignog. Equal rights does not entitle nignogs to move next door. Get that nignog off that machine. And why should I? Because I said so. Eddie, let's let's You sort. keep your black nose out of this shambles. Uh, uh, calm down, please. Calm down. Well, while you've been doing your duty, we've got rib work. Pardon? <laughs> Spread from next door. What, them nignogs? <laughs> I knew it. They never wash, you know. Do what? It's with them being black. They probably don't bother, you see. They can't tell whether they're dirty or not. <laughs> And it was just taking the mickey out of black people the whole time. And, you know, and I would go into the dressing room at Portsmouth the following day after they'd been on that night before. And the lads would be talking about it and how funny it was. And then I'd walk in it, go quiet for a second. And then someone would say, oh, you don't mind, oh, do you, Cammy? And you go, no, no, I can't mind. Yeah. Because I am one voice of course and they would have kicked me out of that dressing room straight away and said mm. oh you know you got a chip on your shoulder this that, and the other so you had to go with the flow and that's why i'm saying to you that, that when i look back now it's 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 been a sort of acceptance that you had to take reluctantly but i wouldn't change a thing really i just think that was then this is now, let's get on with it and let's make sure that we keep these football players on the pitch and we don't let people stop football matches for the sake of racism. So so what you're saying is, in, in your point of view, it's not John Barnes and the likes of yourself saying, just stay on the pitch and pretend it's not happening. You're saying stay on and defy and take the power back off the people that oh, are trying to get you off the pitch. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Let's get the people... The, the first game to be abandoned was Harrogate Borough versus Yeovil just a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. The Yeovil town manager 
um, was disappointed with his own supporters. The Harrogate Borough Manager came on Five Live and he said 99.9% of those Yeovil Town fans were fantastic. 0.1% caused that game to be abandoned. So why not go over to them supporters, get the police and say, let's get these two people out. They made two arrests the following week. So it was two people that caused Harringay Borough to walk off the pitch. That can't be right. That can be right. The two people can stop a football match mm -hmm. by shouting racism chants. If you hear it and you're a white person and it disgusts you, then get these people out the ground. Mm -hmm. Get them out the ground. Identify them to the police straight away and get them, not, get them kicked out of the ground. When it's a lot more like it is like it was in the Bulgaria game, they left at half-time. They had to leave at half-time, otherwise they would have all been arrested. And they left, and England didn't win. The reason why England didn't win, in terms, obviously, they won the football match, but 50% of the people were still saying that, having followed protocol, they should have walked off the pitch. They had the th two warnings, and then the third time it happens, you've got to walk off. They didn't walk off. They stayed on the pitch. So England couldn't win. Whatever way you looked at it, if they walked off the pitch, everyone says, yeah, they did the right thing. If they stay on the pitch, yeah, they did the right thing because the races went out of the ground. But I still feel that they should have walked off to make that stand. Mm -hmm. No, they did everything right, in my opinion. And UEFA and FIFA should have came, came down so hard on Bulgaria, but they didn't. Why didn't they? Because they're a football association. They're not a, they need Bulgaria. They need Bulgaria as a country. They need England as a country. So they need Spain as a country. Mm -hmm. They need Italy as a country because that's their football competition. So you've got to take that power away from them in terms of sanctions and give it to somebody else, give it to governments to say, right, here we are. We had that situation at the football match in Bulgaria. Now the sanctions are kick them out of the competition. Kick them out of the competition and then they won't be so quick to do it again. Mm, mm. Do you think another opinion that's come up is docking points as well over here? Do you yeah. think that's a, is that a potential solution as well? No, it is once again. Right? So we say docking points, right? So Manchester City are three points clear uh, with one game to go, right? They're 1-0 up in their final game, so somebody decides to abuse Raheem Sterling and get the game stopped, right? Completely get the game stopped. The, uh, one of the opposing teams wins their game to win the, to win the title. What do we do? Do we re replay that game, the Manchester City game? You know, they were 1-0 down when the game was abandoned, or mm. is that, are we called that as a result? I, do, I don't get how you're going to be able to work things like that. Yes. They played the Haringey Borough game again, Yeovil, who were 1-0 up at the time when they came off the pitch, ended up winning the game 3-0. Was there any ripples? Did people actually know that that game was played again? I've spoken to loads of people and they go, oh, did they? Did they? What was the score? I say, mm. well, Yeovil won 3-0. Mm. Nothing. Nothing came of it. Mm. So they walked off the pitch. They got another game. Uh, I don't know whether the fans were allowed in for free or no, whatever, but nothing was gained by them coming off the pitch. Fair enough, fair enough. 
Right. That anyway, was a bit deep. Wasn't we it? went deep. Right. Let's, <laughs> let's let's bring it. Let's bring it back. No, but thank you. No, I, I you know uh, it's. Frank and I have to appreciate, I'm sorry for speaking on your behalf, yeah. like, talking to somebody who's been there when, when we weren't there. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's easy for us to have an opinion now, but mm-hmm. we don't know what the lay of the land was yeah, in the yeah, last yeah. 20 years with footballing racism. And it's interesting to talk to people like you because the steps that you make mm-hmm. have affected what football is for us today. And mm-hmm. inside and outside of football, how people yeah. treat us as black people. So yeah, thank you for and that. I think man. it's definitely, yeah. um, from my perspective, I think we owe a thank you to you guys because you guys are trailblazers and yeah. you, you actually put your necks out there. Mm-hmm. And I guess what's kind of, it's frustrating, the different voices and the different takes on social media is that they can't actually understand how isolating it must have been for yeah. you at that point in time because I guess what they're looking at it for is, is that the circumstances were the same as it is now but mm. there were just less black football players there but you had all the support and the different networks and the different um, means to kind of um, deal with the mm. abuse but it wasn't anywhere near that kind of no, but they didn't nothing. even have Twitter like on Twitter somebody no. can say you know what great decision mate or someone can say terrible decision yeah. you, you didn't have that did you? No. nothing at all I became a manager in 95-96 season and I would walk into boardrooms then and I knew immediately you get a sixth sense who was comfortable with me being in there yeah. and who wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, it's a sense that only black people can. 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And you know. It's like spider know. sense. 100%. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this yeah. is 95, 96, and yeah. I'm the manager of Bradford City Football Club, and, and I know that people are not comfortable with me being in boardrooms. And, you know, so... It, it has come a long way, you know, in terms of the, the respect and the responsibility that the likes of Raheem Sterling, uh, Jesse Lingard and all those boys give us now. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. They will only ever suffer now through crowd abuse. They won't get that in real life at all, you know, wherever they go, whatever they do. So football has become a conveyor belt for racists because they can't be heard in society. So whatever goes on in mm. Brixton or anywhere, any parts of the country, uh, uh, people getting racially abused, yep. it doesn't make the headlines. It makes the headlines when it's a football match. Mm. So we have to stop that happening. Right. Interesting, yeah. I hear that. Mm. Right, so from there, Cammy, I want to take us over to... Um, from football, Cammy, I want to go to... Uh, Action man, superhero Cami. Do you know what I love? Read. I, I, I love the story about when you're in Brazil because there's a photo that still does the rounds on social media of, of Cami standing I was there, an idiot. Looking, <laughs> looking like a superhero vigilante right? at the end of a chase scene. And there's a uh, yeah, vigilante Cami. That's it. That's a I, was film, it? I was an idiot. I was an idiot. I, you know, I could have been killed. I didn't realise. It must have just been instinct, though. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Sort of it thing was. That yeah. yeah, it was. So me and my brother, uh, my brother-in-law, um, what happened is England got knocked out of the competition against Costa Rica. So, mm. so well before the Costa Rica game. So yeah. we played Costa Rica. It was a dead rubber game, nil-nil. So all the England party, which had a hotel on Copacabana Beach, easy for me to say, um, and they had um, the top floor suites and everything. So they tried to give them back to the hotel, and anyway, the hotel, because you paid all the way through to the final. Yeah. So uh, the FA said, 
are you staying out? Because I was doing a bit of work for them. I said, yeah. I said, well, you can have two suites at the top of this hotel. Nice. So I shouted me brother-in-law, do you want to come? And he went, yeah, yeah. Told him uh, that you paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> so he had this, this three-bedroom suite overlooking Kobe Gumbana. And, hey. uh, and I had one as well. So uh, anyway, Gordon Strachan rang me. He was uh, commentating for ITV. And he said, oh... I'm going to coach some kids on Ipanema Beach, which is about a mile from where I was, but it's just a walk along the beach. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he said, will you come and give me a hand at 11 o'clock? I said, yeah. He said, Adrian Charles is going to come along as well, and he'll probably collect the balls for us and stuff like that. I said, oh, I've got a ball boy as well. My brother-in-law will come down. So he says, right. So I said to me, brother-in-law, meet me downstairs at quarter to 11. So we walk along Copacabana, and then we walk in down Ipanema Beach. Now, unbeknown to me, because I didn't know this until the police told me afterwards, two locals walk past us and ask us the time. And the reason why they ask you the time is we want to find out where you come from. Okay. Because it's such a cosmopolitan place. Yeah, yeah. If you speak Portuguese, obviously you're one of them. Yep, so yep. that's fine. Anyway... We told him it was quarter to 11. That was the key then mm. that they were going to do something. Now, I have to say, my brother-in-law was walking along with Mungmi on his back, <laughs> right? <laughs> 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 because <laughs> he had his shirt off yeah. and he had a massive gold chain around his neck, right? So basically, yeah, yeah. he was yeah. asking for it. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So these two fellas, one of them, Ran in between the two of us, the middle of the two of us, hooked his finger around the gold chain yeah. and ran straight across a dual carriageway. So there was two cars going one way, two lanes, sorry, going one way and two lanes going the other. And he crossed straight away. And instinct told me to run back the way. Okay. So now we are both running. We're level, but there's four lanes of traffic yeah. and there's cars coming by between us. He can see me. And I can see him, and I'm pointing at him. <laughs> I'm gonna get him. You're gonna get well, him. I mean, you're using your index finger. Yeah. I think that's not the finger you're using to bring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's running. So yeah. and you're is, screaming at him, but you can't yeah. understand you. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I wasn't. I yeah. wasn't even talking. I, I was just thinking. I know I'll get him. Yeah, yeah man. So the the uh, the reason the police said why I'm still alive today is. The break in the road came when the, the traffic stopped on my side okay. and I was able to go to the middle reservation, which forced him up a side street. Uh-huh. So it forced him up a side street. They said his accomplice would have been waiting further down and he'd either shot me or stabbed me because I was chasing his mate. But because I forced him up a road, his mate wasn't there. So I'm behind him. Every time he looks around now, I'm catching him. Every time he looks around slow, I'm powering up towards him. And then I got about 10 yards away from a hotel, and the, um, the ho- every single hotel had a security guard outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm shouting to this security guard, Stop, thief! Stop, thief! I don't know wh- whether he, he, he expected it or not. Anyway, he stood in front of the, the lad who'd robbed my brother-in-law, the mugger, and uh, as he stood in front of him, I came in and jumped on his back. And he went, what is it? What is it? And he spoke reasonable English to the security guard. I said, he stole m- my brother's chain. So he got him down, put his arm behind his back, right, and held him on the floor. Within a minute, the police were there. They were on every corner of the World Cup. 
and the policeman comes in and he says to him, uh, uh, takes off, t- says to the security guard, move away, and he's starting to put that uh, handcuffs on him. So the, so the security fellow from the hotel asks the mugger where the chain is. Anyway, gives him a load of crap in Portuguese. So this is the nasty bit about it all. So the security guard kicked him in the face with his boot twice. And then he told him where the chain was. So he went into his pocket, got the chain, and, uh, and they stood him up. So then the policeman got his vest and put the vest over his head. And he said, I said, what are you doing that for? He said, for two reasons. One... Um, because he, he it'll disorientate him, so mm. he can't run off, mm. so he doesn't know where he's going, mm. um, because obviously we're going to leave him stood up there. And two, because you saw what happened there, and there's blood, and we don't want people coming along and taking photographs of him. With, with the, so, uh, oops. That's all right, no, we're all good. We're still plugged in, don't worry. We're still plugged in. So, my brother-in-law um, gets there. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? Let me on. He's, he's got there. The party's finished. Inside, mate. Inside. So the policeman goes. So we said, we, look, we've got the chain back. We've got to go. And they said, no, no, you, you've got to come to the police station and make a statement. Mm. We don't catch these fellas very often. They mm. get away with doing this all the time. Mm. So you've got to come to the station. Oh no, I've got to do some coaching in five minutes. Mm. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we got to the police station. We were in there for a couple of hours. So on the way to the police station, the policeman who handcuffed him said, uh, Oh, you know, when I was handcuffing him there, did you see him fall and hit his face on the ground? <laughs> so my brother in law goes, Oh my no, gosh. <laughs> no, um, uh, Chris just told me that the the, the police officer, <laughs> the security guard, kicked him in the head. <laughs> so I've elbowed Mike in the ribs. <laughs> so he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, I did see him hit his head on the ground." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to the police station, made the statement. We came out, and the British Embassy were there, and they said, um, "Could you please say?" that it was a stupid and foolish thing to do. Mm. Because if any other England fans or holidaymakers try to do that and get killed, it's not the right way to do it. So yeah. I had to come out and say, it, it, I acted on instinct, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it. And, uh, and hopefully I was crapping myself that anybody did exactly the same and got hurt. You know, because yeah, I would have felt responsibility. Real. Doesn't stop you looking like a badass in that picture. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. my, my only thought when I phoned my wife, my only thought was they picked on the wrong people that day. Yeah, yeah. And that I sounds suppose, like a tagline for a film. Yeah, they picked on the they wrong did, people. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> they picked on the wrong people, but then you start to think, well, yeah, yeah. what's their home life like? Mm, who was 100%. depending on yeah. 100%, on yeah. a young lad yeah. mm-hmm. who actually did that? Yeah. You know, did he have a mum back at home or, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, my wife said, oh, you can't think like that. You know, what if they'd have killed you? They wouldn't be feeling sorry today. 
That's true. Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Right, Cammy, thank you for coming on the show. Before, oh, no, thank before you. we let you go, um, we always play a game with our guests. It's always like a true or false game. Mm-hmm. We try try and rhyme it with with their name. So, <laughs> so, so what we. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've done is we've got some we've got, you know what I found a theme tune that, that some of our younger listeners might not know but you might recognise a sporty theme tune and okay. we're going to play a game of cam or spam alright okay. is that alright with you of course it is the grandstand theme <laughs> so uh, in this game of cam or spam we're going to read out some because I mean Cammy, y- you've made some great commentary mistakes over the years. <laughs> 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 one of the best things is that you don't mind talking about them. In fact, I think no, people look sure. forward to stuff that happens. So we've got a few phrases that we'll uh, talk, tell you about and um, I'll read them out and you have to let us know whether you think they are cam, whether you've actually said them or whether they're spam. Right. All right, cool. Are you ready for your first phrase? Go for it. Uh, funk, uh, actually, so here's the first phrase. There's a pigeon on the pitch, Jeff. Is that cam or spam? Cam. That's cam. That's something that you've actually said. Well, I'd like to let you know. That is Cam. There's a pigeon on the pitch, Jeff. Walter. Walter is on there and he won't get off. And so the game has been abandoned. <laughs> that was a West Ham. I remember that. That was it. Fly off, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was West Ham versus Norwich at Upton Park. So what happened there? A pigeon landed on the pitch and what? Nobody wanted to clear it off then? No. No, and they, they ended up chasing it round rather than just leaving it. And yeah. Yeah, so. Alright, fair enough. Alright, for the next round of Camel Spam, fighting like beavers. Is that a cam, cam or a spam? He's good cam. At this. It's a cam, yeah? Their football arsenal is on another level, but Spurs are fighting like beavers, defending <laughs> for their lives. No, them ferocious game. animals. World's deadliest creatures. Fighting like beavers. I mean, I mean, um, do, how do beavers fight? Have you seen any beavers since? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not the ones in the water. <laughs> No, but you, did, you did make <laughs> you did make a comeback though. You did, you did make a comeback, and you did describe it. The game as a spectacle is magnificent. Spurs working like beavers. Working like beavers. Working <laughs> like beavers. <laughs> work yeah. hard. Well, I mean, if there's any, well, it's sensational. If there's anything better than that was than a like a beaver. Well. Oh, that was a cat. That was a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, working like a working beavers is also a thing as well. I guess. <laughs> All right. So the final clip we've got for camel spam. There's a goal. But it's not a goal. But it is a goal because the referee's given it as a goal. Is that cam. a camera or a spam? That's cam. Yeah. That's Watford, <laughs> Watford versus Reading. That's the one. Jeff, unbelievable. There's a goal, but it's not a goal, but it's a goal because the referee's given it as a goal. That was ridiculous. Stuart Atwell, who are actually refereeing to be the Premier League, was the uh, referee that day. Yeah? yeah. Is that what the it was? ball didn't go anywhere near the goal. No? Um, oh, Ridiculous, honestly. Look it up on uh, YouTube and you'll see it. Google it. Watford versus Reading. Ghost goal. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> anyway, at <laughs> half time, I went down because obviously I'd, um, for, uh, I, had the, I had it in, on the monitor, yeah. the video replay. So I went down at half time as the players were walking off the pitch to tell the uh, referee that it didn't go anywhere near the goal. And the Reading assistant manager, Steve Copper, was the manager. But the assistant manager, who I won't name his name, <laughs> as I'm telling the referee, it didn't go anywhere near the goal. He go, he went, what the 
bleeping hell has it got to do with you? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much for playing Camel Spam. You got them all yeah, right, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. So I've got the worst memory in the world. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now, you know what, though? It's not an easy job, though, is it? You're there and you've got a lot to take in when you're you watching a game. So, uh, fair enough. Yeah, well, it's difficult when you have to turn away from the game with your head headphones and um, you miss look stuff. at the camera. Yeah, because yeah. then you miss stuff. But yeah, no, thank you very much for coming to the show. Thanks for having me. The it's Christmas album. Thank can, you. Yep, it's out, out on the 15th of November. Here's to Christmas. Let's get it to number one. Um, fake news yesterday I had that Ladbrokes were offering 100 to 1, saying that we wouldn't make a ripple. Absolute. Total nonsense. Mm. Um, the only price they would give my son was 10 to 1 and then closed his account down after he had two bets at 10 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> oh, cheers, Cammy, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. So that was the interview with Cammy, myself, Funk Butcher, here at How to Kill an Owl. It was a great episode. I hope you really like it. Uh, coming up next week, we're going to continue the festive spirit with some more ways to kill time. Hopefully, Frank's wrist will be back in order after his his uh, injury playing with balls. But uh, joining us on next week's show is going to be Kay Curd. It's going to be a great laugh. Uh, we've got some great tech chat coming up, some more bants, and obviously talk about what they've got going on in their career at the moment as well. Anyway, I've had you for long enough. I'm going to go and enjoy some Christmas music. And uh, actually, we've got an app that we've got our hands on, which I'll talk to you about in the next episode as well. I've been Marcus Bronzy. Funk Butcher will be with you real soon. And I've been Patricia Bill. Plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you for killing some time with us. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.